And if I don't get this text, I do consider the appointment canceled and you'll just have to phone back or I'll have to rebook another time. This does two very, very important things. You avoid no-shows, which is so, so important. Welcome to For Rent, conversations to better the rental industry. I'm your host, Mackenzie Wilson. Whether you're a first-time homeowner, an accidental landlord, a seasoned investor, or perhaps just a curious tenant, this is the podcast for you. Join the conversations. We cover best practices, industry news, and one-on-ones with thought leaders in the rental industry. We'll go deeper to cover the lessons learned and get to the root cause of challenges facing the rental industry today. We'll empower you with the information you need to be a better landlord or a more informed tenant. Let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of For Rent Conversations, The Better the Rental Industry. I'm your host, Mackenzie Wilson. In this episode, we're going to focus right on screening questions, a very commonly asked question I see on online forums, in our Facebook group, really across the spectrum. And sometimes I get off asked this quite a bit in person as well at different real estate meetups. These questions can be used in a number of formats, whether you do them digitally and, and written through, say, text message or emails, online messaging across the various mediums and platforms. Or uh, the best way, if you can, is do it over the phone. You get the most amount of not social cues, but uh, body language or tones that you can pick off the voice and how the person on the other line answers the question. So this episode is going to focus on all the questions I use. I'll throw in some bonuses at the end, some additional questions you can use. You can build your own script. Plus, I'll give you an additional bonus to help avoid no shows. So certainly worth watching to the end of this episode. I have a ton of these cards. And what happened now is since I've gotten uh, started at Single Key, we've actually turned these into a giveaway um, when I'm out in person at different conferences. So if you do see me, you want a bunch of copies. I always have a ton in my pocket and they're really useful to have because you always get called at the most inconvenient times uh, when someone's calling about one of your vacancies. I'm driving, I've got kids in both hands, whatever it might be. And for the small mom and pop landlord that only has one or two doors, you only do this once a year, maybe twice if things aren't going well, or you might not do it for two or three years until that tenant decides to move out. Having a cheat sheet to go to makes the job really easy. It sets you up well to be professional uh, when you come across the phone because you're asking all your questions in good flow. Then you don't have to go back later and ask more questions if you forgot to ask something. Let's get right into it then. Okay, so the, the first thing I have on the card is, you know, take note of the date and time of the call, tenant name, contact info. This is if you are doing the call over the phone. The first question I set up and I go through is number one, please tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, and that's exactly how I asked the question. I forced myself to say nothing. You want to embed that awkward pause. And why? Because we have a, a natural tendency to fill awkward silence with talking. So if you are really good at biting your tongue and you pose that question to your prospective caller or tenant, they're going to want to fill that air and, and talk. And when they get talking, they're going to probably share more details than you would be allowed to normally ask. And if they uh, voluntarily share that information, then it's free game. So you'll typically get information about or say the age of their kids or marital status or things like that or, or things that you can't directly ask for. And, and um, that's a great way to start. So open-ended question like that, that's question number one. Practice, it does, it is a little awkward, but when you can kind of hone in that skill and 
take a moment and let that person fill in the air. It's quite, quite useful on, on the screen questions. Okay, let's get to question number two. What's your preferred move-in date? Obviously, if they're looking three months out and you're trying to fill a, a vacancy right now, um, let's not waste each other's time uh, and be respectful. Just tell them straight up that uh, it's going to get uh, filled soon. I'll keep you on the list. If, you know, worst case scenario, I still have a vacancy at the time I shouldn't have, um, I'll definitely reach out. Or, you know, feel more welcome to give me a call back a month later or whenever you're closer to your time frame. So these are kind of like logistic questions that we're going through that if you go through these questions and they're not and you get one of them that doesn't line up, you stop the call at that point. You say thank you for your time and you move on. Again, the objective here is always to be respectful of everyone's time. People really appreciate that. Hey, uh, what is your preferred lease term? Again, if they're looking for something short term and you're looking for a one year lease or vice versa, not a good fit in the call there. How many people will be renting or living with you? Um, super important question. I've noticed now over time, um, I've seen a few instances where you've got perhaps um, new people to Canada, new cultures, is there's different expectation of the number of people living in, say, a two-bedroom apartment where you might get a family of five applying or you might get um, one or two people. So you need to be able to set your limit for the number of people that you want living in your property based on the, the reasonable wear and tear that you want to occur. So if the number doesn't make sense, again, stop the call there. Do you smoke or vape? Pretty straightforward. Uh, I think it's really particular in this question to make sure you include the word vape as if people are being a little bit um, cheeky or sly, I'm trying to think of a better word. If you're not very clear, they're going to try to dance around by not answering it correctly. But most people, pretty straightforward, are honest. Um, it's good to know. Okay, next question. Number and type of pets. Do you have visiting pets? Uh, tell me about them, size, age, all that kind of stuff. Again, you're collecting all this information because if you go down the road and eventually rent to this person or family, knowing this information is going to help you build your records. Have you given proper notice to your current landlord? Um, I think this is a super important question as it's a, a good indicator of how they treated past landlords is likely how they're going to treat you. Okay, next question. Hey, tell me about your income for all parties. Under the Privacy Act, and it's governed at the federal level, and then some provinces can have their own Privacy Act. So I know Alberta, here in Alberta, we've, our provinces gone and created their own. There's one or two other provinces that have done the same thing. You can only ask for information that's relevant to the business purpose, because we are in a business of rent properties. Typically, that does not include what they do for work. Now, you know, observations I've seen over the years is certain industries have longer term employment versus seasonal industries and, and all these other things in between. But you got to be careful how you ask this question. So the way I start structuring it now is, you know, tell me about the income for all parties. Are you on a fixed salary? Are you hourly? How many hours do you put in part time, full time? Is it seasonal work, commission based, all those kind of stuff. And then, you know, is there anything else I should know about your income that would help me make a good decision for you or help help with your application? And then again, if they choose to disclose more and talk about what they do, then perfect. Again, it's fair, fair game. You just can't go and ask that question directly. So now I'm going to talk about rent collection and this next question and why this is important. Um, two things. Again, you want to collect enough information on your pre-screening to validate information that comes back on the application if you get down to that step. And then also you set the expectation of what's needed to get in the property. By the way, before you get possession of the property, I need to have first month's rent and damage deposit paid in full. Is that going to be a problem? 
And they go, yeah, no problem. Or they go, oh, you know, I can't, I am going to be, I'm all tight for cash. I need uh, to split all across one or two payments. Can I do it this way? My personal experience is if someone um, is having struggles to do uh, one month's rent and a damage deposit up front, uh, it's probably an indicator that they might have ongoing struggles to pay your rent on time and it could be giving you possible headaches down the road. Again, if there's maybe a legitimate reason, I always listen to it and then fact check that. Again, going back to my um, rule of thumb, trust but verify. Plus, also, if you understand how they paid rent previously, they go, oh, yeah, I used to pay rent by e-transfer. One, I want someone that's a little bit tech savvy that can pay rent digitally. I don't do checks or cash. Uh, that kind of screens that ability to pay rent. And then if you have to um, verify that they've paid rent on time with their previous or current landlords, you can then go and say, oh, yeah, great. You said you, you do e-transfers when we first talked. You know what? Your credit score wasn't the best, but I still want to help you out. I liked everything else. If you can show me that you've paid rent on time for the last six months, then we can keep on moving forward with your application. And then if they go, yeah, cool, no problem. Perfect. Or a red flag is they'll change their mind and say, oh, you know what? I paid in cash or my temp, my landlord was weird. He always, he only wanted yeah, cash or checks or something weird, but they told you they did e-transfer on your initial phone call. Eh, the story's changing. That's a red flag. Dig into it. Make a decision whether to move on or not. Hey there, sorry for the quick interruption. This podcast is all based on the collective wisdom of everyone. It's interactive. We absolutely need your input and feedback. So if there's a comment, a question, a best practice that you've learned that relates to an episode or just something that's come across your mind you think would be great for the show, we are all about taking this collective wisdom to better the rental industry. Please, please share with us, good or bad, we'll take it all. I've got tough skin. Um, you can send your questions and concerns and feedback all to forrent at singlekey.com. Okay, let's get you right back in that episode. Thank you so much. Okay, one of the last questions I go through here is, okay, that's great. Awesome. Thank you very much. Please note, I do use background and credit checks as part of my screening and due diligence process. Do you have any concerns with this? Will this be a problem? And then let them fill in the details. Most times it's no. Sometimes you might get a little bit of pushback, um, dig into it and, and ask why. And this could be a red flag. Again, if they're not willing to go through the process, I do this every time then stop the phone call here. There's no point in booking a viewing and wasting yours and theirs time. How did you hear about the rental? Was it word of mouth? Was it the for rent sign on the front lawn or hanging off the balcony? Was it through Facebook, rental board, rent faster, rentals.ca? What online platform? Where are the leads coming from? And the more you know your best leads come, you'll notice over time, your best leads typically come from one maybe two marketing channels, then you know, or platforms, then you know that's the best place you should be spending more of your energy on to ensure those ads are the best quality. Perhaps it might be worth spending a few extra dollars to promote your ad to get more visibility on those platforms. So that's a great marketing tip. Okay, some pro tips here. My favorite question that I leave to the end, I always get a few raised eyebrows when I share this tip. So I go, okay, great. Thanks, John, or thanks, Jane. You got your viewing booked um, tomorrow at 7 p.m. or, you know, ABC day down the week. That's awesome. Now, uh, I understand everyone's got busy lives and schedules. I do need you to confirm the appointment by text message or a call, whatever's more convenient. 
X amount of time. So depending on how far away you live from the property, it might be only a half an hour, might be an hour, might be two hours. You pick the time that makes sense for you. And, and if I don't get this text, uh, I do consider the appointment canceled and you'll just have to phone back or I'll have to rebook another time. This does two very, very important things. You avoid no-shows, which is so, so important. Secondly, can they follow simple instructions? Are they organized enough to maintain a calendar, to put reminders in? If they can do this and follow these steps pretty easily, send you the text to do the reminder, then that's a good indicator that they're going to be easy to work with when you are looking after your property and booking furnace techs, booking plumbers, electricians, all those things to keep the property in good working order. You want a tenant that's easy to work with, um, that has great communication skills and organizational skills. So that's why I don't go and send reminders. I don't go and book, uh, use Calendly links. I'm on the fence on the Calendly link thing. I, I might try some experimentation to do it in such a way that might work. I've known some landlords go through and what they'll do, they'll do a Calendly booking uh, system, but then they don't release the address until, I don't know if the tenant confirms still or something like that. They, they had some sort of a back and forth process to, again, to avoid the no-shows. And this is super important too, because it protects your time, especially if you got to drive across town or the city, if you're more than an hour or a good half an hour away to the property. Because typically, if you're half an hour or an hour away, you've got that time driving down there, you got 20 minutes to set up your property, turn on the lights, turn on the heat, Turn on the AC in the summer, open the windows, get the property presentable, and then you wait for the appointment. And typically, I, I know tents get there sometimes 10 minutes early. So I actually want to be ready to go 10 minutes before the, pro the, the viewing starts or even 15 minutes. And then the viewing can take 5, 10, sometimes 15 minutes, depending on how much talking goes on. And then you got to wrap up and leave. And that will typically chew up a whole evening's worth of time. And uh, my time is valuable. I'd rather not leave my family if I don't have to spend it with my boys, with my wife. So this is a great tool to protect your time. It filters out people that aren't organized or are just tire kickers. And you're not wasting your time going out. You're not getting frustrated. Um, it's my favorite tip out of all these questions. So one more bonus question too, uh, going off the top of my head here as I can remember, is another great question I know some landlords use is they ask the tenant or their prospective caller, Hi, um, what's your current credit score? And if someone is on top of their finances, this is probably something they monitor. They should have a very good idea or a ballpark that, yeah, you know, last I checked a month ago, it was around 820, 830, 700, 650, whatever that number might be. But if they actually know that and answer it, then they're a little bit more in tune with managing their finances. Uh, if they just go, I don't know, it's not a bad thing, but uh, it's just another way to kind of see it, how in tune with their finances they are. Uh, I hope those questions helped you out. We're going to streamline this thing, get them super quick. If Again, if you guys want, we'll put a, lead, a link to get a print-ready PDF version of these questions. Hope that helped you guys out a lot. Yeah, thank you so much. A quick educational how-to, right to the point. Again, my name is Mackenzie Wilson, the host here at 4Rent Conversations to Better the Rental Industry. These are the tools to do better to save everyone's time. Uh, you answer these questions quick and fast. You can copy them into a digital note on your phone and flip them off to text replies, put them into your online forms. We've got a pre-screening form here at SingleKey as well. All great ways to use these questions. We'll catch you guys on the next show. Thank you very much. Wow. Thank you so much for making to the end of this episode. I really appreciate it. If you haven't already, please check out singlekey.com. They are the main sponsor of this podcast. And simply put, it wouldn't be possible without them. We want your feedback. So again, if you haven't done that and you've probably already heard the plug, but 
send us an email at forrent at singlekey.com. We want it all. Comments, suggestions, lessons learned, anything that we can tie into this collective conversation with all these different perspectives to truly better the rental industry. We want it all. So let us know what you're thinking. We'll incorporate it into future shows. And if you haven't already and you want to, please subscribe to us and provide us a rating on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.